Good morning. And yes, and peace to you all. I am so very glad uh, to be with you here this morning. Um, and we said this so many times, right? It's been rough dealing with these isolating times. So gosh, what a refreshing uh, thing to actually see you and uh, to be with you. So it's that time of year uh, when culturally, especially if you are involved with any kind of school, we experience change. Often that means uh, finishing a school year, which may mean finishing some classes or maybe even finishing a grade. Uh, but then there's the mother of all finishes, graduation, right? Uh, so I'm particularly glad, glad to be uh, with the graduates today. Because as some of you know, uh, my weekly gig is teaching English to high school juniors and seniors at Champlain Park High School. I'm finishing year 28. Oh my gosh, it's a long time. And my husband, Brian, who uh, faithfully read the scripture today, he is also an English teacher of sophomores and seniors at CP, and he's a coach. And so uh, graduation is definitely a part of our lives on an annual basis. This, of course, then turns May into mayhem, as you might imagine. Uh, although uh, most teachers and parents and certainly students understand this. But the truth is, I wouldn't have it any other way. Seniors, wherever you are, wherever you are, I'm used to, now I'm used to like seeing you here and I'm seeing you online. <laughs> wherever you are, um, you are my tribe, my people. And I mean this when I say it, I have loved serving God's calling as teacher. Uh, today, though, the English teacher will turn preacher although I will make the claim this is a short distance to travel. Uh, after all, my job has always been to help people look at the texts around us, uh, literary and non-literary alike, and to see what they have to teach us. Uh, so you know, I'm always intrigued by a good and crazy text, and, and it was like, you chose this text? What am I supposed to say after that? <laughs> Word of the Lord? Oh, great. Um, yeah, it's a crazy text today. That's the fun part about it. Um, but instead of Hamlet or poems by Nikki Giovanni or Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried, remember when we read that, um, or a series of ads or websites or documentaries, uh, today we pick apart a text from Genesis. And ironically, I, because I think it has a lot to say about right where you are, graduates. Well, and of course, I think it has something to say to all of us, too. And I found that anything that is good for grads to hear is also good reminders for us all. So um, I have my students explaining extracts of a text all the time. That's what we do in English class, in Larson's English class. And one thing I have them do first is explain the context. You have to give the framework for the text so we can understand what's going on. So with that, today's text takes us right to the point in that infamous story in Genesis after the serpent convinced Eve to eat of the tree of knowledge. Um, as a part of this convincing, the serpent tells Eve that by eating, she will have knowledge like God. Out of great temptation, Eve takes a bite and then convinces Adam to do, other, to do likewise. In today's part of the story, Adam and Eve are hiding because they suddenly became afraid. Afraid of what? Well, that's something we're going to talk about. Um, but then they also figured out they were naked. <laughs> and when we were driving over here today, 
Um, Allie said, Mom, what's your sermon going to be about? And she goes, I said, well, I'm going to talk about being naked. And she said, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, before I dig further, I would be remiss not to mention that there have been, um, I will say this, though, there have been some pretty damaging and misogynistic readings of this text over the years, um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but what I'm hoping to do today uh, then is to perhaps spin the text a little different way um, to give some fresh thoughts. So uh, I think this text has some potential to shine a light on the challenges of adulting. So and seniors, this is what you're getting ready to do, to be an adult. Woohoo! Don't we love being an adult? I tell you, there's definitely some perks, uh, but sometimes adulting is hard, let's face it. Uh, but the truth is, adulting is inevitable. <laughs> so I guess we better talk about it. Okay, so um, Adam and Eve were naked. That deserves a little chuckle at least. Of course, <laughs> it's helpful to think about it more, let's talk about it more in a metaphoric way, as we English teachers often point out. So when I hear naked, uh, I think of being exposed, being vulnerable, and of course, that can go many ways, right? You know, like when you've done something wrong and you know it and someone's found out about it and you kind of feel naked. Or when you're, when you're feeling new or unsure about something or in a new space, you kind of feel naked. Or when you feel like you're being judged or when someone is coming after you for some reason, you kind of feel naked. Or how about this one? What about those times when you learn about something that's, that's not good and you become exposed to something that's harsh or ugly? Uh, perhaps that is yet another way to feel naked, like when your innocence on the matter is lost and you can't go back to that blissful state of unknowing. Seniors, I imagine that you felt a little exposed when you first walked into your high school buildings as freshmen. Uh, and I imagine you will have those same feelings when you go to your next schools or places of employment, whatever they might be. I bet you have lots of memories of over the years of getting into trouble, maybe from time to time, and your parents or your teachers or other adults finding out what you did. I also imagine that you have solid maybe even difficult memories of learning the harsh realities of life. And then I imagine there have been those times you wistfully looked back on maybe your childhood, your grade school years, on those days when life seemed to be so much easier. It's no surprise that all these kinds of exposures can make us feel really, really afraid. And depending on the circumstance, maybe even a little bit of shame, too. Because that's what happens next in the story. What did the fear drive Adam and Eve to do? Well, they had fear, first of all. But then what did they do? They hid. And after they hid, then came this blame game, right? Eve blames the serpent. Adam blames Eve. Ah, yes. There is an art to the blame game. For those who have siblings, we all knew too well the art of the blame game, right? Oh, she did it, he did it, she did it. Goes on and on. Seniors, I'm going to tell you right now 
that blame game, it's kind of hard habit to give up. Adults do it all the time. <laughs> the blaming just gets more sophisticated. And there is a reason. It's never fun to have someone call us on our crap. <laughs> but that's what God does in this story. And it's a classic parent move. Okay, seniors and everybody else, I want you to say it the way your parents have always said it. And it starts with, what did you do? Followed by, tell me the truth. Oh, yeah, you're so good. <laughs> right? Tell me the truth. Ah, the truth. Whoever wants to really face that. Oh, me, please, says nobody ever. <laughs> Honestly, I think that when we are truly guilty of something and we blame someone or something else for our actions, that's its own form of hiding. And I can't tell you um, how often students do hide from me. Uh, gosh, I love them. But you know, when they, they're afraid, when they're afraid in all the ways that they're afraid, uh, they do hide. And this year, man, I, I tell you, I would sit many days during distance learning because in my district we had that. Um, talking to this blank screen of squares and wonder if I was ever going to find my students again. Where are you? I can't find you. Uh, but I get it. Uh, and the whole thing was mighty complicated. Wasn't it, seniors? We know that. Let me tell you, though, uh, it's really, really easy to run, to hide when something isn't going right. And I think this is the thing that freaks parents out the most. I'm speaking personally. If something is going wrong with my child, and they will always uh, think of you, by the way, as your child, seniors, uh, here's what parents think. Will, will they be able to get help? Will, will they know who to contact or where to go? And most importantly, will they tell me if something's going wrong? So I'm going to speak on behalf of your parents or others who love and care for you deeply. I beg of you this. <laughs> when something doesn't go well, and that will happen because that's life, um, that you seek help from others. Working through a problem is infinitely better than avoiding it. And for the other adults in this room, if you do need to hear this, perhaps it's time to stop hiding, too. Because here's the good news, and I bet you anticipated this. We have a God who is always with us, who always pursues us. And you know who I saw an earthly example of this? Um, it was with many of my dear, dear teacher friends, counselor friends, and admin colleagues this year who went out of their way to find their students when they were lost during the school closures of this past year. People texted, they called, they emailed, they set up Google Meets, they visited houses, and they even paraded through neighborhoods. <laughs> And some of my fr friends really went the extra mile to find and help kids, and I am so proud of and very inspired by their efforts. So seniors, you will be found. There's one more aspect of the Adam and Eve story that I find fascinating, and it has to do with knowledge. 
Uh, the reason that Adam and Eve were told not to eat from the tree is that it would give them knowledge of good and evil. As a parent, I sure understand this fear and anxiety that goes along with sheltering a child from bad things in this world. On the other hand, eventually, I want them to know things. I want them to understand the tough stuff of life so that they can manage difficulties when they do come. And, you know, of course, at school, in fact, we celebrate and encourage that pursuit of knowledge. We value open-mindedness. In fact, I have these words up in my room, understanding. And we find creative ways to help kids experience and learn about the tough stuff, the uglier parts of history, the challenging texts, so that they can become thoughtful, critical readers of the world around them. And consequently, so that they can become active, compassionate, and lifelong learners who can understand ambiguity and multiple perspectives. Yeah, I know. It's not great to know about the evil in the world. But it helps us to do something about it. It helps us to see where there is pain and suffering and to offer light to those places. It allows us to recognize it in ourselves so we can take steps to get help, to heal, to grow, and most importantly, to serve. That's the best part about the pursuit of knowledge. And seniors, that's the best part of adulting. Things will not be perfect on your adulthood journey, but there will always be the goodness of God to be found. And God will always go with you, and God will find you and love you, even when those things seem hopeless. I'd like to finish with the words I shared with my seniors on their last day, just this past Thursday. Uh, co context, again. I am known to have a growing collection of posters and comics and aphorisms and other found objects uh, posted about in my classroom. My goal, by the way, is to have all the spaces covered by the time I retire. This year's, um, and, and it's getting there. It's like, whew. This year's acquisition uh, includes a quotation from one of my favorite st story series. I happen to be a super fan of sci-fi, dystopian, fantasy, myth, and other forms of speculative fiction. So of course, one of my favorites is the Lord of the Rings series by J.R. Tolkien. For those who don't know, uh, the Lord of the Rings saga is about a small human-like creature called a hobbit. And his name is Frodo. And he goes on a quest to rid the land of an evil ring of darkness. Of course, as it goes with hero stories, there's always a companion to assist in the quest. For Frodo, he has a loyal companion named Samwise Gamgee. And I was able to find a poster with a favorite quotation from Sam in the middle of the book trilogy called The Two Hours. Side note, for some reason, I'm regularly drawn to the middle text of any given heroic trilogy for some reason. There's something about them, you know, that point in the story when the hero is deep in the guts of the quest. The point when he realizes fully that the journey is not going to be easy and he's already weary from the effort. And often this is the point where the resident evil of the story appears rather 
insurmountable. And yet it is often the point in the story when the faithful hero is forced to lean on his faith so that the good will come. It's the now and the not yet of the moment of the saga. So here's what Sam says to Frodo at the end of Two Towers. For the purest yes, this is a paraphrase of the original story that's part of the movie script. But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even the darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clear. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, yet they didn't, because they were holding onto something. In spite of the ugliness of the world as a teacher, the thing I hold on to is the goodness, the faithfulness, the optimism, and compassion I see in my beautiful students. And I want the older adults in the room to know that I have a deep and abiding hope for the future because of my students. But more importantly, I know we all can hold on to the goodness of God who loves us and seeks us out when we are afraid, when we feel naked, and who walks with us into the unknown journey ahead. Blessings to all you graduates, and may you truly know the love and peace of the Lord, especially in the times when you need it the most.